Welcome back, hockey fans, to Game Over Toronto. My name is Lauren Williamson. On the other hand side of the screen, we have Fuad, Fuad Suleiman on a Saturday night win over the San Jose Sharks, 4-1, being led by impending contract extension contender William Nylander. We are going to talk all about that impending contract. We are going to talk about the game. We are going to talk, take your questions and all of that here on Game Over tonight. Fuad, Considering how the California road trip went last year, are you as pleasantly surprised as as I am about how Jones has played and how well the oh. Leafs have played? Well, considering that the California road trip was like that was the, the the that was like the almost impending doom of the team, if I recall correctly, that October when it, like Anaheim game, Mitch Marner ran down the tunnel. It was a whole thing, and it was a disaster. I'm impressed that they didn't play down. They didn't lose to the worst team in the league because that shouldn't be impressive, but that is kind of what we're accustomed to. I just saw the Raptors a week ago break a 28-game losing streak from the worst team of all time. So I was expecting something like that for the Leafs, but they played up to their competition. And yes, that's your final question. Martin Jones is the Vesna Trophy leader. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But he has been fantastic. I can't even say enough things about Marty Jones. It has definitely been a nice uh, change of pace to how I think we were all kind of expecting the California road to go this year. Even tonight, I tweeted out <laughs> kind of tongue-in-cheek fashion that the Sharks were on a 10-game losing streak. The Leafs were trying to sweep California. What could possibly go wrong? And no. more than one person commented saying, I was going to jinx it. So I'm glad to report that the Leafs did not, in fact, drop the ball. They do get all six points in California, crushing the Anaheim Ducks, the Los Angeles Kings, as well as the San Jose Sharks, uh, and I'm—I mean, I'm just—I'm just so pleased that we don't have to talk about another terrible California road trip. Like, don't get me wrong; it was definitely a storyline last year, but I'm glad that we can talk about the Leafs actually playing well against teams that they should play well against. Like you said, um, you know, historically, the Leafs in the last couple of years have not played well against teams that they should completely pummel. And tonight, you could even argue that the game, that the score should have been more like seven or or eight to one with oh. the number of posts that they hit throughout the Ping. game. Ping. Yeah, all literally, it was like a casino. It was like casino rama up in there, just. Bing, bing, bing. That's all yeah. I heard. Yeah. Legendary goaltender, red goaltender net. Absolutely. Um, and the Leafs got off to a really good start, getting a goal in every period, two in the third. Um, a power play goal, considering our power play has not been producing well. Uh, you know, for, for my first stream on, on Game Over Toronto this season, I'm pretty pleased, man. I can't lie. Like... It's funny, right before the, we, we went live, Fuad was actually saying, um, it seems like there's not a lot to talk about. And it, it was kind of like a, not an overly exciting game. Like the Leafs pretty much controlled the play from, from puck drop, which was a breath of fresh air. Um, you know, the Leafs holding the San Jose Sharks to essentially three shots on goal in the first period. Yeah. Uh, and while getting 18 is exactly the kind of dominant performance that we all come to hope that the Leafs can do. It's just that they've had trouble actually producing on nights like that. Yeah, totally. And, uh, like, yeah, you said about the the five-on-ball, well, the power play, that was probably the most lackadaisical. When it was a five-on-three, like, that is the most practice goal I'm ever going to see. And I kind of have to feel bad for Dennis Hildeby because he's probably looking and saying, there's three shots in the first period. If I'm not getting in this game, when am I going to get in? Like, he's just looking there like, come on, are you serious? But Martin Jones did earn that. That was the easiest first period he's probably ever played in his life. Um, and yeah, that first goal was a, was it was it would look it would look so much like a practice goal the way especially because Marner got the one timer and it was just that's weird. But it was it just looked like you'd see them if you're at the Ford Center, whatever it's called now, Performance Center, the SAP Center. Oh yeah, the Ford Performance Center, the practice facility. No, absolutely, yeah, practice facility. Yeah, I was, yeah. I, was making, I was dissing the Sharks. Ah, uh, I. <laughs> I get you. I understand. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm actually surprised that the Leafs didn't score earlier in the game. It took all the way until, you know, five minutes was left in the first for them to finally register a goal. Um, but William Nylander and John Tavares looking really hot right out of the start. Um, Poppy had a chance from Marner, but he just couldn't finish it as well right at the beginning. Blackwood was definitely being tested early on. The shots were 10 to 2, 10 minutes in. Um, it really felt like a bit of a firing squad. And I'm... 
I was surprised that Blackwood was doing as well as he was. I mean, the Sharks were doing a really good job of getting in the lanes. They were blocking a lot of shots for tonight. They were definitely trying to help out their goaltender as much as possible. But like you said, um, Mitch Marner gets his 15th of the season on a one-timer from Riley with 4.38 to go in the first period on the power play. And it was, I mean, I mean, it was a, it was a, the five on three. It's what, their second of the season? Is that, is that right? Is that correct? Oh, yeah, I, I guess so. Didn't they go a long time without one? They, they got yeah. this, this is the second one? That's yeah. Weird. That's a really strange stat. And then last year, it took until, what, like the 70th game of the season or something for them to get a 5-on-3, which is just just ridiculous. But um, Mitch Marner doing something that we don't really expect to come from him, uh, finishing a beautiful one-timer with a bit of a fist-pop celly to finish. Um, a minute 30 left on the power play, but they couldn't finish on the second half of that five-on-three. Um, Crook was denied with a minute to go. There was a really good opportunity for him where uh, Lilligren had a really good shot from the point. Crook gets the uh, gets the opportunity, tries to finish it backhand, but uh, Mackenzie Blackwood doing very well for the Sharks. Like I said, very easily could have been three or four to nothing at the end of the first period. And Nyes and Marner, 16, couldn't bury. Um, and I know that Nyes probably would have that shot back to finish off oh, the, yes. the first period with 30 seconds to go. Definitely a shot where, you know, you hope that in the future, uh, Matthew Nyes starts to take that shot. I, I feel like he... He almost surprised himself the way that he completely just undressed the entire team. It was almost reminiscent of his first career goal, which was the best first career goal I've seen in a long time, at least. Oh, yeah. That that one, like the Florida Panthers, when he was like between the legs, 360. Like it was yeah. kind of, you, I kind of forgot that because he's such a bruising force, Matthew Nyes, that you kind of forget he has this this kind of stick work and this kind of touch. And yeah. I feel like he, yeah, he outsmarted himself. He was by himself and he tried to pass it off. But, you know, that's something that will come with age, but he is, he's a player that sometimes I'm like, whoa, like he just jumps out the screen. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. At least have Matthew Nyes. He's quite the player. He is. And the more he plays, the more I'm excited for the fact that he's so young. Like considering yeah. this is his first like full season with the Leafs, he got into a fistful of games at the end of last year, but really seeing how much he's developing so quickly and how quickly he's gaining that kind of chemistry with, with, you know, with Austin Matthews and regardless of who plays on the right wing, it doesn't really seem to matter. Um, Matthew Nyes is probably the best person to go into the corners. I don't know if anybody on the Leafs loves going into the corners as much as Matthew Nyes does. Like, it seems like he, he relishes an opportunity to go into the corners against two guys because he's probably bigger than those two guys and he can outwork both of them. And it's just so good to see, like, as soon as the puck goes into the corner, when that line is out, you know who's going after it. It's not Mitch Marner. It might be Austin Matthews, but chances are it's going to be the cannonball of of Matthew Nyes coming in and just wrecking shop and getting it to the big guys. And, like, the more time he spends on that line, like, the better. I can't believe we have, like, literally a league min 20-year-old playing on our, our top line, and it's there's no question that that's where he belongs. Yeah, and considering the news that we're going to get to that we heard, like, we've been hearing all week about contracts and such. Yep. He's, like, the perfect yep. player you put there considering his style of play, his age, and yep. the, the team control and contract. Yep. Like, that may be one of, like, the top the top three moves Dubas made was get it, was drafting this kid. Yeah. Because it changes the whole, the whole puzzle. The whole dynamic. How you... Fit, how you fit these guys in because now your forwards are set yeah i mean we'll, we'll, we will get into the contract in a second like all you got to do is work on the back end but now that he got all these forwards that look to be ready like even this year or next year like now you feel more comfortable extending a william nylander than you would have you know last year even absolutely and there's no question that matthew nye's spot is the first line left wing like there's no longer any like swap outs the only really variables happening in the top six is Matt, is Mitch Marner and William Nylander, you know, flip-flopping back and forth between the first line and the second line. But at this point, they're both first lines because they're both getting paid like first lines. And it's such a breath of fresh air to see, like, 
to know that at least one of Matthew's partners is going to be Matthew Nyes for the foreseeable future. Like even at the end of this contract, Matthew Nyes is going to be able to resign as an RFA. And I imagine that it's going to be a very long extension, especially with what we're expecting to come in the next few days with William Nylander as well. I imagine that Matthew Nyes doesn't want to go anywhere. And there are a lot of people, a lot of very smart hockey people, not explicitly Leaf fans. This is not just bias that say that if that draft where Matthew Nyes was drafted happens, again he probably goes in the top 15 and I don't disagree like especially with how well he's been able to step into such an important role an important line like arguably one of the toughest positions to probably play is left winger of one of the best centers in the entire league and he's come in as, a, as an actual like for all intents and purposes child and it has been able to flourish and because of that the top line is flourishing and it's just like oh my god like just hook it up to my veins it's so good to see oh I can't say he, enough. He was in a 21 draft, right? He was in a 2021 draft? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's, that's a weird – that was like the weird COVID times where nobody yeah. knew who was who, like yep. where – who would go. So yep. I guess they took advantage of that mad scramble that was development that year. So uh, a, a good on Kyle Dubas. Thank you again in a – <laughs> Thank you again in, in absentia. Yes, your, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But let's get back to tonight's game. They finished the first period, like I said, shots 18 to 3 for Toronto. It really felt, the ice felt very tilted, even though the score was only 1 0. Um, the Austin Matthews wraparound effort in at 3 minutes and 15 seconds in, it feels like this year he hasn't been able to get as many wraparounds in the net. I don't know why. I don't know if the defenders are just doing a better job, but it feels like the last couple of years Matthews was getting more wraparound chances. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like it's he's got so much from everywhere else, just cannonballing everything from everywhere his spots. Yeah. So it's like, I, I feel like maybe he should go with what works. You know, I, I find the wraparound is like, it's not like it's 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 one of those dying arts. I use the wraparound a lot when you're playing like NHL 02. Yeah. That was kind of like one of those glitches, right? But it's not one that, you know, it's not, it's not one you see a lot that often anymore, but I, I, I like... I mean, you can't really complain about Austin Matthews' game. I wish he got another one tonight Def- just because I just was just waiting for it. I'm like, this is a game you get three in, but, you know. I mean, he hit the post more than once, right? There's a, there's in, yes. if we replayed that game a hundred times, I bet the score is very different, but I digress. Um, it took, it took the Sharks with five minutes to go to get past their fifth shot of the game. Uh, the the Leafs did a really good job of limiting the Sharks' chances. They really did a good job of keeping them to the outside, getting in the lane. Um, even though there was a couple of times where the Sharks were able to hem the Leafs in, they never looked particularly dangerous. It didn't feel like there was a real offensive threat coming. Um, Brody did a really good job of stopping Eklund right before the end of the period. And then Yarncroke from Lilligren and Holmberg finally getting in. Another point, 37 seconds to go in the second. Jones keeping it 2-0 to go into the second intermission. And again, it kind of just felt inevitable, like the Leafs were going to, were just kind of army crawling towards the finish line at this point in the game. Yeah, and I was almost waiting, like, at that point, I was like, okay, there we go. Let's relax here, because I was so certain the Sharks were going to tie it at that point, because it was like, the luck was tilting. Yeah, they tilted the ice, they doubled up on them in zone time, which I was like, whoa. You don't you don't see that even when it's like a team, even when a team's beating a team pretty badly, the zone time is not that tilted. I'm like, whoa, mm-hmm. like I couldn't believe that. But or the shots usually, the shots, yeah. I mean, the shots were like the last game; they were like doubled up almost. But yeah, it was a sigh of relief. Uh, a big, like a big unsung hero there was Max Domi winning that icing there. Like he was all over yep. the ice in that play. I mean, Max Domi giveth and Max Domi taketh away sometimes, <laughs> and like you know. At least one game, he has like a bad clearing attempt that ends up in the back of the net. But that's why you got him at three million and not like yes. nine million, yep. right? Like that's why he's not a number one center. Hundred percent. That's why he's on the team. So you know, you give it, give and take with Max Domi. <laughs> Max Domi beating that icing is the reason that the Leafs are able to get up to nothing because at that point, when he beats the icing, the puck doesn't leave the zone again until Yarncroke scores the goal. So definitely an important play, even though he does, you know, make a couple of mistakes every game. Uh, tonight definitely is an important factor, even though he doesn't get a point on that Yaron Krug goal. He is the reason that it happens, and I'm I'm a little bit surprised he didn't get credited with it, but 
that's there was more than enough contributors to that goal, but definitely a good game for him. Um, and then going into the second period, the shots were again twenty six to ten. They the Sharks did a better job in the second period of limiting the Leafs' chances, but they were still getting more chances than they could produce. Um, Thomas Hurdle hits the post right to start the period. I actually didn't take a lot of notes in the third because it felt kind of draggy. Um, oh yeah. Uh, Willie, Willie got in alone a couple times. McMahon, Gregor, Campline was buzzing, especially in the third period. It really feels like the more time that that line gets together, the better that they play. Even though, you know, McMahon, that line has been kind of everywhere, right? Like, I don't think any of us looked at that line at the beginning of the season and thought that it was going to produce. And even though it has produced, like, sort of intermittently in and out, in and out of the it out of the season so far they've been really they're really good on the puck and they're really good at getting zone time they're really good at applying pressure and even though they don't always get opportunities i can't believe how much of a game changer gregor has been like i think that if 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 san jose is in a better spot then they probably resign him because he's so fast and he's done a really good job of like implanting himself and sort of cementing himself onto that line yeah, it's almost like you're allowed to have a fourth line that does things on the offensive end. Like that that's it's kind of a breath of fresh air. It's nice to see like fourth lines in the past for the Leafs have always been like this. They must be grinders and they must not be able to shoot the puck within any <laughs> within any range. But Bobby McMahon, I love the way he plays. You could slot him in the third line and you wouldn't even you wouldn't even notice. Like how like he he's always in the mix and he's always getting chances too. And that's the thing. You got four lines now that are rolling that you have to kind of pay attention to. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't the case, you know, like in the past where, especially even this season where you had Ryan Reeves there, where, you know, now you have four lines that are actually functional, like the teams actually have to pay attention to. Right? Yeah. It doesn't feel like our fourth line is just name of guy here. Like yeah. all, all, you could even... At times tonight, they were swapping the third and fourth lines, and it works both ways. Like, I don't know if that's what the lines look like going into the playoffs. Like, I imagine at some point they make some kind of adjustment. Um, And it definitely sounds like what's happening with Pontus Holmberg is that they're trying to get him some ice time to figure out what to do with him because they know, as it's well reported, they know who Nick Robertson is. They know what he's sort of capable at this point. And they want to see if Pontus Holmberg is going to compete for that same position and if it's going to be the same level of compete that Nick Robertson has like don't get me wrong Nick has struggled through his career because of so many injuries but you know a couple games ago he gets like back-to-back goals and back-to-back games and it really seems like he was starting to find his footing and I imagine that part of the reason that they're doing this now with Pontus Holmberg is because if they don't think that he's going to be a better solution than Nick Robertson then maybe they're trying to see if there's any yeah, I mean, we still got the rest of the game to talk about, but if there's any, if that, if he could be tr- part of any trade fodder moving forward, you know what I mean? Do you get that same vibe about like why they're scratching Nick Robertson continuously and putting in Holmberg? Yeah, I was wondering that too. Like, I was actually kind of bringing that up in the last stream. Like, he wasn't playing terribly. Like, he had six points in ten games up yeah. until the point where he was scratched. So it was kind of like. I don't I'm think it's because he was playing game. badly. I think it genuinely no. is because they're trying to figure out what to do with Holmberg. Perhaps, yeah. I mean, maybe I, I think you're right about the trade chip. I, I can I can kind of see that too, because stylistically, it's like there's already kind of guys that already play his role a lot on the team. Like it's tough to have him on the third line all the time now, and it's like you're never gonna he's never gonna crack the top six unless you have an injury, and even then, I don't know if you want that to happen. Yeah. So he can flourish. I honestly think like. It's going to hurt to trade him, so you better get – because he's going to score 30 goals at some point. Who, Nick Robertson like, or Pontus Holmberg? Robertson, Robertson, yes. Yeah. I think at some point he's going to crack 30 goals. Will you care if you get some kind of good defenseman back? Eh, probably not. But this is kind of the thing you've seen in the past where you don't want to give up these forward guy, these forward prospects too early, especially with the Leafs. So, yeah, I, I mean – I'm interested to see. I mean, definitely, because if you look back at, like, Alexander Barabanov, like – when he was traded, he started producing at crazy levels for San Jose, right? And it, and it was the same thing with Ivan Barbashev down on Vegas. Like, he's now a Stanley Cup winner. Like, look at Mason yeah. Marchment. Like, all of these players that the Leafs have sort of traded and didn't give good opportunities to or didn't – the team wasn't good enough when they were on it. Um, 
you know, for the most part, all of those players have gone on to flourish. Look at Trevor Moore the other night against yes. against LA. Like he's now leading the Kings as their leading goal scorer, not Pierre Luc Dubois. <laughs> How funny is that, right? Um, but getting back to the game, uh, William Nylander getting his twentieth of the season on a beautiful pass from Tyler Bertuzzi. Um, Benoit getting an assist on that. Benoit has had. A hell of a last couple games, man. Like, especially in the California road trip. I don't know if he's just being back in the sun or what, but he has looked so good on this road trip and is making a serious argument for himself to be re-signed before the end of the year. That's for sure. Um, so 10.26 to go. They go up 3-0. Kelly um, Yarncroke whistled it down. And then Michael Granlund, unfortunately, breaks the shutout for Martin Jones, getting the first goal for the for. Uh, sorry, against the Leafs at five on five. I believe it's the second goal in f- in uh, in four games or something that the Leafs have allowed five on five. Um, and then William Nylander also getting his twenty first to finish it off. Three thirty two to go, and they ice it. The Leafs win four one over San Jose um, to head home. They are going to have a couple days off now. They're off until Tuesday, I believe, where they're going to play the Sharks again. It will be interesting to see at that point. If Hildeby does get the start, I mean, you got to hand it to Martin Joes, man. Like, that guy has played as good as any goalie has for the Leafs in the last, like, three years. Martin Jones yeah. on this stretch has been undeniable. <laughs> it's wild. I love, I love, like, it's one of those stories where it's my favorite type of story where it's like, if you told anybody that the starting goalie that would want you a first round series would be, like, on a beach somewhere, wow. <laughs> this while well, Martin Jones, a guy that people like was waiver fodder, would be the guy carrying the team. Why? He passed your waivers. He, yeah, you, you can't trust goaltending. That's the thing with goaltending. It's like I I feel like it's a cautionary tale with GMs now where it's like people will look and say, Wow, the Leafs made a good choice not putting the packing up the Briggs truck for Leo Samson off because these goalies, it's like one year they're amazing. Next year, it's like, what happened? Yep. It, like clockwork, it always happens. It's become such a hilarious trend to where if you sign a goalie to like a max or like a big, like a, like a carry price contract, like yeah. you are playing with fire and kerosene yeah. at that point, right? Yeah. You're playing with, uh, if you play Red Dead Redemption, you're playing with volatile dynamite for sure. Oh, yes. Of course. Um, Love Red Dead. It was... Uh, you know, it's it's funny, eh? Like, we've been talking about the fact that the Leafs don't need, like, a world beer. They just need, like, basically average goaltending. Um, and like you said, it's been a it's been a storied tale across the league of if you sign your goalies to long contracts, at some point they're going to have a bad season. And that has been up and down basically across the league with very few exceptions. Like, even Igor Shosturkin this year hasn't been what he has been in past years. Thatcher Demko decided that he is channeling actual Vesna. Um, you know, even, uh, even Dan Vladar over in Calgary, who was, you know, prompted to be the next Joseph Wall for all intents and purposes for Leafs fans. Like, he struggled this season too, and it just seems like year in and year out, you a goaltender that was good last year might not necessarily be as good as they have been this year, right? And it's it doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason to it. Like, even last year, like, Sergey Bobrovsky, what, like, passed through waivers, $10 million, and then goes to the playoffs and is, like, a world beater. It just, it's as, it's as consistent as cottage cheese. You know what I mean? Like, what you get one day, you might not get the next day, and who knows? Like, look at Peter Morazic, man, in Chicago. Yeah. He's got, like, a 916 save percentage, and now half the so team weird. is on L- on LTIR. So that might go down the drain. But, like, there were people that were talking about, oh, we should bring Peter Morazic back because of how well he played. <laughs> and it's, like, how short people's memories is when it comes to goaltending. Because, again, I don't blame them because, to some degree, what you get today is going to be different than what you might get on the same date next year with the same goalie. There doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason to it. And it's, I mean, I'm more willing to put money down on, like, players getting shots on specific games than betting on goaltending because it's just it's just ridiculous yeah. it, it it's pretty it's pretty funny that you said yeah the, the peter morazic thing i could not i did not believe i did not even notice i didn't know that until somebody pointed me out I'm like wow nine nine sixteen like, yeah man absolutely not though do not break it back because that is going to change as soon as he hits toronto yep do you think hillaby will be in be in on tuesday because that's um I, they, they have to put him in at some point <laughs> And like when he's on, the, and like I swear, like I said this to Harnish last game. Every time he, they show him on the bench, 
I'm like, why did the Leafs bring back Garrett Sparks? Because he looks exactly like Garrett Sparks. <laughs> same number, same haircut. I'm like, yeah. hopefully not the same game. But, like, I'm like, whoa, I remember that, dude. <laughs> you want to know the crazy thing is that, like, we don't know when Joseph Willow's coming back. Like, I uh, actually, I looked this up on uh, on Sportsnet the other day. Like, I just wanted to check up and see, like, all the players that we have on IR. And weirdly enough, I can't, I, I saved it to my phone, unfortunately. But on if you go to the Sportsnet website, Joseph Wall is predicted to return January 8th, which no. is Tuesday. But we know that that's not correct, but no. it's also basically been a month since he got hurt. So there's a chance that he starts playing games before the end of the month if, you know, if we cross our fingers and, and hope to all the fairies. But, you yeah. know, going into next week, we're looking at a Tuesday game against the Sharks, Thursday against the Islanders. We get a back-to-back on Saturday, Sunday, abs, and then the Red Wings next Saturday, and then the Red Wings on the respective Sunday. So you have to imagine that one of those games, at least one of those games in the next couple of days is taken by Hildeby, and then maybe he gets another half of the back-to-back. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if... Hildeby gets the Tuesday start, and then you play Martin Jones Thursday and Saturday, and then you get Hildeby against the Red Wings on the Sunday? Like, does that sound like a plan? Probably. I mean, yeah, like the January 8th, is that, that's an interesting one. Probably some sort of, like, they probably have some sort of algorithm that's, like... I think up, that's, like, like, the earliest he can return from being yeah. put on LTIR, right? I think that's probably high what ankle? it is. Yeah, high, high ankle sprain. sprain. And that's Tim- always a weird one. Yeah, but Timothy Lilligren had that same injury earlier this year, and he was back within six weeks. And Joseph Wall is younger than him, and apparently notoriously stretchier. I, well, I guess goaltending probably is a different. Uh, it's probably a different um, timeline with injuries, just the way they use their limbs. Yeah, that's I mean, a good he's, point. he's standing with his legs like in, <laughs> at forty-five degree angles. So I guess maybe <laughs> that's different. This is me speculating yeah. without any type of. Uh, Biology that's okay. Degree. That's what that's what we're here for. Fuad, I have a sports biology degree from watching sports. That's um, right. Watching sports ACL and MCL is. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah. So I imagine uh, Curtis Joseph in the chat. I wish it was real Curtis Joseph, but I'll take you, Curtis. Every time I'm like, is that the real Curtis Joseph? No, like, is I don't. Think, I mean, if it is, I'm like, welcome, sir. Um, His name could be Curtis Joseph. Though, he right? actually he he makes a really good point. Vegas won the cup with Aiden Hill. I'm doing it for the fun. Triple eight. Marty is number one, but give him days off. I agree. I think Martin Jones has played lights out hockey. Don't fuck it up, in the words no. of RuPaul. You know, like, don't <laughs> fuck it up. Just leave it and give him, give him a game off. Like, you just beat San Jose. They're now on an 11-game losing streak. You're at home. You get a couple days off. Like, if there was ever a game to try Dennis Hill to be... Ah! Come on! Come on. Come on. People want to see new goalies. It's just, it's a shiny yeah, new choice. We all want to see it. I, I don't know if it's, I don't think it's just because, like, I do genuinely think it's because we're a little bit demented and we, and we, we want to see what it could be. Even if it means that they totally get shelled and maybe they lose, uh, there's a sick part of us that wants so badly to have another homegrown goaltender. Because wouldn't it be great if, like, going into next season, we had a couple of young goalies that we knew were going to be with us for a long time that were really good? <laughs> wouldn't that? Yeah, I have a choice of them. That, the first time that be great? you have that since since Justin Pogge and, and, and Tuka Rask, right? Yeah. Like that, that's kind of the situation. Yeah. Pick the right one, though. Yep. <laughs> you gotta... Yep. Let's not trade Hildeby this time, shall we? <laughs> um, yeah, so let's talk about the $11.5 billion uh, elephant in the room. Uh, Elliot Friedman reporting on the yeah. second intermission that uh, the Leafs and William Nylander's party are nearing in on a deal could be happening as early as Monday for an eight-year extension and $11.5 million AAV. Uh, Fuad... Is that a thumbs up or a thumbs down? Just Look, without without slicing it any other way. Well, okay. I, as of now, it's a thumbs up because it's the only real thing they could have done at this point. Because... Look, I was an advocate after the, the playoff, like the second round. I'm like, okay, something's got to like functionally change with the core. Now, I, I said that, and I've you know I've I've stood on that. But when you you know you had your GM say like, well, yeah, I think there's a change with the core, and then like 10 seconds later, he's gone. Like he's just completely like gone from existence from the organization for even suggesting that. That was not going to happen with Brad Living. Brad Living was brought into. Make it work yep. with the four guys who want to be here. So in that vein, I'm like, okay, no one's gonna, none of these guys are gonna move. So what, what, where do we pivot here? Eleven point five. That sounds like a 
ton of money. And that's it's a lot. And, it is. But you know, if you but the alternative is you you, tra- you can't trade you can't trade a guy when the team is competing at such a high level. And that'd be really hard to do. And you can't let him go to the go, you can't let him John Tavares you in, in the offseason. So they did the best they could do. And I think William Nylander may have added another couple million dollars with this performance. I think he may have just I think he might have just called and said the price went up and hung up. I think he might have just he might have just did that in the locker room. But I'll, I'll call it a thumbs up tentatively. But I gotta see what I gotta see where the other math goes to fix to, to get on that defense because I'm still ugh, with the defense. But I mean, again, one of the top players in the league this year is sticking around. It, it can't be a thumbs down. No, and I let me put it this way. I think $11 million is a lot of money, and I wish that it was going to be less. Having said that, I would rather repay or overpay William Nylander and pay him $11 million to be on my team than to watch him walk down to Florida and have to play against him for the next eight years. You know what I mean? He'd like, go to Florida too. Somewhere. I think about, yeah, he would go to another like big city. Like he's not going to St. Louis or Minnesota or San Jose. It's warm. Sorry. I could see him being like, yeah. yeah but right? I could see him winning a cup. Yeah. I mean, having said that, he's Swedish, so he probably likes the cold. But having, I don't know. Let's, let's not speculate about where he wants to resign. Because it sounds like the only place he wants to resign is Toronto. And it sounds like it's going to be a lot of money. It sounds like next year is going to be a struggle. But beyond that... The end of next year, we have Mitch Marner and John Tavares' contracts expiring. We have Morgan Raleigh locked up on an ridiculously reasonable deal of $7.5 million for the next seven years and on top of that. Next year will be a struggle, sure. If the cap continues to go up, if it goes up what it's supposed to this year, and then even if it just goes up $2 million at the end of next season, not next season, but next season, I think the deal is worth it. You know, of course, that's assuming we don't have another, you know, world-stopping pandemic, knock on wood. Um, We are projecting that the cap is going to continue to go up for at least a couple of years, you know, God willing. And the reason for that going up, it might be the reason that the Leafs are willing to roll the dice on this. Um, Because I don't think another pandemic is going to happen again in the next couple of years, heaven forbid. But again, like... I would rather pay him and have him on my team than watch him walk to the Oilers or walk to Calgary or walk to Vancouver or to walk to Vegas. Like, walk to another team that is going to pay him where he's going to have success and where he inevitably would end up winning a cup. I would rather have him stay and know that he is going to be on my team until he's 36. Like... I don't want to play against this guy, man. And even though it's going to be a lot of money, we have to suffer for one year, and then we get a little bit of we get a little bit of you know relief at that point. Because I imagine that when Tavares resigns, because he's going to in Toronto when his contract expires at the end of next year, I imagine he's going to take a bit of a bit of a price drop, right? That's a reasonable assumption. So if you Probably. think about it, if you think about it in the context of at the end of that contract, he resigns the contract that William Nylander was making this year and the cap goes up. Well, then we're no worse for wear than we are right now, except for next year, which will be a struggle. Fine. But even this year, like I get everybody's argument of, oh, the, the defense needs an upgrade. And I do think that it's not perfect, but it's, I mean, Simone Benoit has been a, a, an unexpected surprise, and I imagine that if he continues to have the success, he'll want to stay, and it might be on a reasonable deal. And, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with TJ Brody at the end of the season, but, you know, he's come here, he's had some success, and I imagine he would want to stay too. Now, he's he's going to be, you know, on the other side of 36 at that point, and that's fine, but, you know, maybe he takes a lesser role. Giordano's probably not going to be back next season, just considering how old he is and, and how he's noticeably slowed down this year. Like, don't get me wrong, I think it'll be a lot, but shit, man, like, I don't see how you let him walk to another team to make what he's willing to make here. Yeah, it, it, like, going going to your, your point of where he'd go, he'd definitely go to, like, Vegas and take, like, $8 million because there's no taxes, and we'd be so pissed. That's exactly <sighs> what would happen. But the, but the way, I love the way we're talking, it's like, the way we talk about the Leafs is like, oh, we'll take money from here, money from there. It, it kind of sounds like how we're like, you know when you make a really bad, you feel like you made a bad purchase. And you're like, well, you know, I saved a lot of money on food here. I saved money. That, that's how I feel like we're justifying this 
It's like, that's how I look at my own books. Yeah. I'm like, well, you know, I, I didn't eat lunch for the last week. You know, I don't, there you go. That's where the purchase went. So yeah, that, that's where I see we're going here. But look, like you said too, like the, the past is the past for a reason. It, you know, they could go into the playoffs and they could take it all this year. They could, they could, you know, would I, are they ready right now? I don't know, but it's hockey, you know, like that's the thing you have to, the point is you want to, you want to keep yourself in the dance. Like some teams, like, you know, hard it is to getting to the playoffs. Isn't that easy, right? Like you see Ottawa stacking up talent and then all of a sudden they, they can't get in. Same with the Sabres, right? So you want to keep yourself in the dance because one of these, you never know. You could get to the postseason. Maybe they figure something out. Maybe some kind of happenstance and they make it all the way. But that's the thing. You want to be in, you want to give yourself a chance. You don't want to be a team that keeps missing the playoffs for seven straight years because we've been there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, think about what could, I mean, the what if I, I mean, if you know me, then you, if you've ever met me, you know that I believe that the two most dangerous words in the English language are what if. Well, yeah. what if the Leafs make it to 2019 without even making the playoffs with Matthews? Does it does the contract situation look different? Sure. We but we can what if all day. Like all we can focus on right now is what's happening this season. And right now it sounds like William Nylander is about to put pen to paper and that he is planning on being here for a long time. And at the end of the day, William Nylander is a better right wing than I'm going to say I'm going to I'm going to go out on a limb and say probably like 95% of right wingers in the league. Like just based on numbers alone. And this year, he has played like a, a player that's earned that kind of raise. Now, is part of the question is is he going to carry that consistency moving forward? Until this season, none of us really believed if we're being totally honest with ourselves, none of us believed that he he should earn more than 9.5 because he does go through these periods where he has these lackadaisical moments where he looks like his controller disconnects, where he looks disconnected yeah. from the game. That has not happened this year. And maybe, you know, there is an argument to be made of, oh, well, it's a contract year, so of course he's playing that well. Okay, fair enough. But at the same time, if he can play like that and he knows that if we pay him that he can play like that for 82 games and how solid he has been in the playoffs. Because in the last couple of years, William Nylander has been one of the best players in the playoffs. He only gets better. And I will be goddamn if we have to lose one of our best playoff performers because we didn't want to pay him an extra 150 million. Like, is it an overpayment? Probably, but tough shit. That's life. Like I would rather overpay William Nylander 11.5 than pay Jack Campbell $6 million a year. Just, yeah, yeah you know saying. what? Like, look, I mean, that that was a big that was a big dodge bullet, right? Like, you, can you imagine if that was that was on your books right now? Whew, yeah, that would be that would that would cause that would cause a ripple effect, like you wouldn't believe. But to your point about like you know contract years, and we we, we you'd hope so. You'd hope he comes in and keeps playing like like Austin Matthews got paid, and he's playing better than he ever has. You know, hopefully he's more like that and not like what we've seen in like the early two thousands, where you know. The blue and white syndrome, you know, that was something that was coined back then with yeah. like the Muskoka five, like those, that's when I was, you know, I was, a, I was coming up watching it like as a kid. And I was like, that's all I heard. There was no positivity. It was like, this guy's contract is terrible. That's how I came up watching hockey. It was all about this guy's contract and this guy is mailing it in. This guy's got a no trade clause because we've seen that a lot. So now these are much more talented high-end players than let's say uh jason allison or jason blake or gosh i don't even know <laughs> like that that era of the leafs so you know i i, I think it's gonna be okay just i want to see what I, i'd love to see what brad Living does on the back end like how he can fit that in i'm gonna be very very curious to see how that looks coming trade deadline for sure yeah like i would guess that if brad Living could take a time machine to you know, the middle of August, he would walk up to William Nylander's agent and sign and slide a across the table a contract for ten million dollars a year for eight years because that's what was reported to have been his asking price over the summer. The Leafs didn't want to sign him in the summer, and now he's played so well that that has been very gently carjacked up. So, uh, man's earned it, man. And if he can play as well as we know he's able to, then he's earned it. That's just the, that's the reality of it. So uh, let's get to the press conference. Um, let's, sure. if you are watching, please make sure you hit like and subscribe. If you're having a good time, 
go tell one of your buddies about Game Over because, I mean, listen, we got different people on basically every game. It's always a good time. We love having you here. We love hanging you as part of our community. So please make sure you hit like. Make sure you hit subscribe. And if you could tell a buddy about our show, I would really appreciate it. So make sure you get your questions into the chat um, uh, before we finish up here. Uh, so let's really quickly talk about the fact that William Nylander is going to be putting pen to paper, hopefully by the time we're back on Tuesday. I would love nothing more than to talk about a contract extension on Game Over on Tuesday. Like, wouldn't that just be, like, what a great way to start the year, man. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, that'd be good. I mean, that that's... Until the next one, right? Until next year, when it's, what's that happened with Mitch Marner? Oh, no, that's God. Be, well, that's what, that's what Fernanda Nascimento is asking in the chat. What is Marner going to cost us? Uh, let's worry about that when we have yeah. to. I yeah, mean, that's the thing. I was if, if, the, if the Leafs lost this game, I actually did have a question. I was going to jokingly start talking about re-signing Mitch Marner and what that is going to cost. But, like, we already have one contract we got to talk about. And we already dealt with another one this season in Austin Matthews, who signed an extension. Uh, excellent point by Fernanda. Uh, vote William Nylander to take him to the All-Star game. That is definitely something that we should be talking about. So, chat, who do you who do you think, on top of Austin Matthews, Fuad, who do you want to go to the All-Star game? Who do you want us to vote in? I mean, obviously, my vote is for William Nylander. I think most people, most people are saying that. But I also think sneaky vote. Morgan Riley. It could be the season where all of the Leafs alternative captains go to the All-Star game. Yeah. It, yeah, I, I would say Nylander for sure. I mean, the All-Star voting is a little bit confusing. It's, 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 I, I, I always say this, and I hate, I hate this, and people disagree with me. I hate that they have to bring one from each team. I, I, I just don't think it's, it's needed. Like, you're, leaving, you're, you're, you're bringing this event to have the best of the best of the best. If the best of the best play on a couple of teams... Then why are you leaving some people off? I mean, I'm sure these guys want to go on vacation. I mean, I think I don't think many of them really want to come to Toronto in February to go to the All Star Game. I mean, like Oliver Bjorkstrand was it like where he's just like, oh, great, I have to work on my vacation. But I think that you, he, I think that Bjorkstrand initially thought that he was being traded. Oh, <laughs> like if <laughs> yeah, you watch true. that video with that context of oh, you might need to book a flight to Toronto. Like he might not have had the immediate thought of the All Star Game. Oh God, it's cold. It snows there. Not it's where Seattle doesn't snow. It snows there. Yeah. No. But my point is, it's like I feel like like the All Star should be like it should be a snapshot of like who is the best that season. And when you got like Boone Jenner just in there, and I'm like, that doesn't make no sense to me. I don't know. That's my hot take. I'll I'll stand on that one. <laughs> it is an All Star game. It's an All Star game too. So I, yeah. I can't really like give too much energy to it. It's 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 an All Star game. But I think it's silly. I mean, I think I think most of most hockey fans have an opinion to some degree that there are teams that probably don't really have anybody that's like a great contender to send. Like, I can't like Thomas Hurdle's getting in over William Nylander, and William Nylander is far and away like the more productive player, especially this year. But at the same time, like what ends up happening is you have teams where they don't because they don't have like a bona fide star like the reality is is not every team has that some of the some teams are built as like a sum of their parts like i i'm not going to lie i actually mentioned this into the toronto the game over toronto group chat chat um i am really excited about the fact that matthew barzell is going to have a jersey that says toronto on and i can't wait to screen cap that and the next time that the islanders play toronto i'm just gonna tweet that and then i feel like the flaming elmo meme where i'm like i'm just gonna sit and play in the and we're just gonna play in the mud man i'm like i'm so jazzed about it <laughs> you have you have some sort of beef with, with with long island you you got something you and long island got something there like i'm like there's there's yeah. some there's some beef yeah yeah i uh i really like beating them I think I, you know what it is? Normally I'm somebody that really likes to take the high road, but if someone takes the low road long enough, I'll, I'll repel off that and run on the low road. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Fair enough. It looks like but, a lot of the chat is agreeing with us that they want Willie in because that would be, that would be great. It's storyline wise. It's be, It's probably the best. I mean, Marner's been great, but under the, more under the radar this season, he's been like, there's only so much oxygen for everyone. So I think that Nylander's story is the better one and yeah. you know that's why they want to get the contract extension done right now like make no mistake they would can't it? mlsc would not have william nylander sitting there 
at a press conference in their building at the All-Star game and people asking him about your contract. There's no way MLSC is going to do that. So that's why they're going to they're going to bite the bullet and get that thing done way before the All-Star game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that especially if he does resign a contract extension, I think that there's no way that they don't they don't that the NHL doesn't vote him in. Um, Luke Venables, what's up, Luke? Welcome back, buddy. Uh, how would you select the All Stars that doesn't favor the bigger fan bases? Uh, you know what? I actually think that the All Star Game should be more voted by fans. Like, I don't think that the NHL should decide every year which player from each team is going. I think it should be up to the fans of that franchise to decide which players go. Like, from the get-go as well as the additional players, just based on fan voting. But again, like, you would have to put a limit on, like, okay, the maximum that you could do is, like, two players from each team. So that teams like Toronto, which have a significantly higher proportionate of the fan base of NHL games is, you know... Bigger teams like the Montreal Canadiens, the Rangers, the Kings, the Leafs, Boston, all of those teams, which have a lot, very widespread fan base, you would have to make it because like, but at the same time, like, I hate that I have to talk about Boston. David Pasternak deserves to go. So does Brad Marchand. So absolutely. I hate that, but it's true. You know what I like? I mean, look. I'm again. I'm a like. I'm a, a big basketball fan too. So I always. I, but I like their system. Like I'll, I'll call out bad systems. But their system. What their system is, and I like it for hockey. Would be like, perhaps like a, a certain amount of guys that are that are voted in by the fans, and then you get like a certain amount voted in by the coaches or like the head coaches or like some kind of like within the league. That's kind of what they do there. And I think that would make sense. I'd be more fair. But like having one from each team is just. I get it. Like, it's like, oh, we have to represent everyone. But that's like participation medal type stuff. Like, this is the all-star game. Like, if you don't have stars, you don't, they don't, you can't send them to the all-star game. Yeah. That's, that's just the, the long and short of it. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. That's um, it. No, no all-star game for you. Very quickly, I want to give out a huge shout out to PWHL Toronto for winning their first game last night against New York. Uh, it was such a good game, man. Like I, <laughs> I like I was so stressed out watching watching the game on New Year's Day when they didn't score. It felt oh. like we were all like sort of hoping it wasn't going to become a trend. And then Sarah Nurse at the first intermission was talking about we had so much pressure. It really feels like we're going to break through. And lo and behold, they did. Emma Malte getting the first for Toronto. Um, man, or Spooner getting the first one for Toronto. Sorry. And then Emma Malte getting the first of the power play killer jailbreak goals uh i'm not gonna lie man like i i if you're if you didn't watch the game first of all be better second of all go back and watch it because it's on youtube and there's no actual excuse for you to not watch it because it's good hockey man like it's physical it's fast they're so skilled it's so awesome it's so good and watching watching toronto get that jailbreak goal the other night and having that player come out of the box was like Oh, I wish so badly that the that the end the league would would uh, implement that because that's like such a game changer. No pun intended. It's a game changer of a, of a rule to have it so that if you score shorthanded, that you get your you get your person out of the box. Yeah, like I love that. Oh, you know what? And and look, first of all, like congratulations to the the, the PWH because they they're pulling in numbers right now, yep. and I love it. And like that, they're that crushing it. The haters are in fucking shambles, and I totally. love it. Like totally watching all these people that have been online for for forever talking about how no one cares about women's hockey. If you Google the numbers from last week of the people that the number of people that watched all those games, like you you very clearly are in the wrong. So. Take your it's punches. It's all about how you market it too, Yep, right? take the medicine, take the fact that you're wrong, and just accept the fact that it's good fucking hockey, and it's a great product, and it's so much fun to watch, and I can't wait to go to a game this season, even though they're sold out. Like, I'm probably yeah. going to end up, like, driving my ass to Minnesota to go see a game, <laughs> or Ottawa or Montreal, because... Ottawa's a little closer. <laughs> but, but... I don't want to discriminate, I, you know what I mean? Totally. I, th- I think for them, like, I, like, they should lean into more, like wackier rules i think that will help them too like where it's like okay like let's separate ourselves yeah from the nhl i think that will help if you put implement something that's more imaginative than yes. the nhl ever would like because that will get more eyeballs on it too but yeah like it's the fact 
it, it was never like people, some people didn't care. It's or like, like the haters definitely would wrong there. It's just like, you got to present a product that makes sense. And the fact that they, the fact that they started small I, I, with the six, with six teams, is it is yeah. with a smart idea too. And yep. I, I, I definitely, definitely like to see what's going on there for sure. Yeah. And it's only the first season. It is a shortened season. Um, and we all know that other teams are already clamoring to get a team of their own. And just based on the reaction of how of how buzzing each of those buildings is, again, regardless of what city it's in, the crowd is there, the crowd is excited, and it's people that really want to be there. And it's it's so good for the sport as a whole. And it's such an awesome yeah. thing to see so much success happening and the players to be so excited. And, you know, I'm just – I can't say enough good things about it. Like, I'm so jazzed for every totally. single player, regardless of what team they – what city they play for because every single one of them is happy to be there. There was actually – I know we're talking about Game Over Toronto. Ah, I guess it's still kind of his Game Over Toronto. It was actually funny, the That's game funny. last night um, – against New York at one at one point, one of the New York players actually like went up to the goaltender and was like, you okay? Cause outside of like, you know, playing the actual games, they're all like friends with each other. So it's, I'm yeah, so excited okay. that I get to, we get to see these unbelievable athletes more than once a year, like outside of like, you know, the world championship. It's so good to have good, consistent women's hockey on the screen. Oh, and if you haven't watched it again, please go watch it. It's an awesome game. It's an awesome time. And uh, hopefully we get out to a game at some point this year. Um, we need logos, though. The guy, the, I, like, hopefully next season we, we see some team logos. Yes. Like, yep. Some team mascots. Yep. Gotta That's get all that supposed to happen. Yep. And I'm excited to uh, I'm excited to rock one of the OG Toronto jerseys, like the cross band, and later on down the line for that to be the original jersey that came out. Like, I'm just so excited for each part of it. It's such an awesome thing to be a part of. Totally. So, yeah. Great job, girls. Uh, let's keep moving forward. Let's keep moving forward with the Leafs as well. Uh, do you have anything else you want to talk about here, buddy, or should we should we wrap it up? Well, I, yeah, I guess I guess we wrap it up here. Uh, we have the Sharks next game, the weirdest home and home I've yep. ever seen. Um, yeah, let's see what they do. I want to see if they can keep. I want to see if they keep this trend of hammering teams. They should hammer completely, like especially Sharks at home. Like yep. you, you, you gotta. I want to see a beatdown. None of this. No going down five nothing and then coming back five nothing like they did with Columbus. Like no. I want to see this be a trend where they can take care of business. Yeah. That's that's what I want to see. So let's see if they do that for sure. Yep. But yeah, I think that was a pretty clean, concise win. No, not a lot of shenanigans. The so, road tripper couldn't have gone any better in reality. I guess so, yeah. You know? I guess so. <laughs> so let's wrap it up there. Uh, if you have been here the whole time, if you have been listening, maybe you're on your way to work on Monday morning or what have you, thank you for being here with us. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being down in the chat. We've loved having you here today. Um, make sure you do check out the PWHL when they play next. I believe they play on Tuesday. Um, and then we are going to be back on Tuesday evening for the home game against the Sharks. We will see if Hildebeest makes his debut or if Jonesy is going to go for four games in four games. Thank you for watching Game Over. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. You can find me on Lauren in the Six. Fuad, where can everybody find you? Yes, find me on Fuad underscore sports. Yes, and, and make uh, sure uh, you follow SDPN. Make sure you like and subscribe. Make sure you put your votes out on Twitter, on YouTube, on everything else for our guy William Nylander and Morgan Riley. We will see you on Tuesday night, everybody. Yeah!